You're listening to Ask the Expert on Sprott Money News. Well, greetings once again to everybody out there from Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com. It is January 2022. It's time for your Ask the Expert segment. Of course, these are complimentary services provided to you by Sprott Money. And if you want to thank us in any way, please be sure to give us a subscribe or a like to whichever channel you're listening to. And if you want to receive notices whenever Sprott Money puts out some new information, please sign up for the Sprott Money newsletter. If you want to receive this podcast or any of the other podcasts right to your inbox, just go to SprottMoney.com. And again, sign up to receive the Sprott Money newsletter. Not only you get up-to-date commentary on precious metals in the economy, you'll also get exclusive promotions with hard to beat prices. So again, it's time for your Ask the Expert segment for January. I'm your host, Craig Hemke. And joining us this month is an old favorite of ours, an old friend of Eric Sprott. His name is Bob Thompson. Bob, of course, a senior portfolio manager at Raymond James in Vancouver. And it's always good to have him visit with us. Bob, thanks for spending some time with me today. Great to chat with you again, Craig. Looking forward to the conversation. We've sure got the year off to a hot start, my friend. Um, <laughs> even as we record this here on the 27th, um, in, in, in a move that's a lot like November, we rallied. Uh, and then as soon as we got close to the COMEX expirations in December, uh, for December, I should say, down we went. And now here as we've gotten close to the COMEX expirations for February, down we've gone. So it's been a challenging time for uh, gold and silver investors, but we've, we've gotten some questions. People want to ask you a few things. And probably the most popular question, Bob, is question number one. Um, as 22 begins, what time is it on your mining clock? And for those of you that don't know what that is, Bob, won't you explain to everybody what the mining clock is and then tell everybody what time it is? Sure. You know, the mining clock really helps us to get rid of the noise in the market, right? Whether the Fed is hawkish and then they're not hawkish or Powell says something and everybody reads between the lines. So gold's down 35 bucks or whatever the case is, like, like is what's, what's happening right now. The mining clock tends to help us push all that aside and actually see where we are in this bull market. And believe it or not, Craig, we are in a bull market for gold. It doesn't feel like it, does it? 2016 gold bottom to 1050, silver was at 13 bucks at the time. So we're five years in, we're, we're getting, you know, it's a struggle. It's always two steps forward, one step back, and sometimes one step forward and two steps back. But we are getting a lot of higher, um, higher lows uh, as, as we go along here. So, um, you know, we got to fight through these times when the Fed is... Um, uh, it seems to be hawkish. You know, the last time they were doing what they're doing right now was the end of 2018. Of course, the market uh, made them rethink what they were uh, what they were doing, which is exactly what's happening again this time because the market tightens the financial conditions, and then and then um, the the Fed gets uh, pulls back, gets to be more dovish, and then gold and silver take off like they did in 2019. Same thing at the end of 2015. So I think it's just the same. Recording over and over. We're in that spot right now where everybody's jumping all over gold and silver because, um, you know, the Fed seems to be hawkish right now, but uh, they'll, they'll pull back and become more dovish. So where are we in the mining clock? We're, we're actually in a, in a very good spot. And, and for those of you that don't know what the mining clock is, it helps us to, to, to see where we are in the cycle. So, you know, 12 o'clock is kind of the speculative blow off. Um, that was the end of 2011. 
Um, then you get to one o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock, and that is the terrible, terrible, terrible years. That's when everybody is uh, everybody's negative. Uh, negativity reaches the peak usually around three o'clock, and that probably would have been the end of two thousand and uh, and and uh, fifteen. And you start to get company liquidations, right? Because all these companies that are over levered, like a lot of the gold companies were from the past cycle, um, have to sell off assets, right? They almost go bankrupt, right? That happened with some very very big companies at the end of. Uh, throughout 2015 and even into 2016 you get asset write downs you get credit downgrades because obviously credit agencies always are late to the party they always downgrade you at the end um, instead of uh, instead of when things are actually the riskiest for you um, then then at four o'clock metal prices tend to stabilize okay so we started to see that in 2016 they, they bottomed um, then you get a recap of the industry so then people become a little more positive People reduce their costs down dramatically, get rid of the corporate jets, all of that sort of thing that, that mining companies did in, in 2015, 2016. Then miraculously, their costs come down and they become more profitable because, because metal prices start to go up uh, or at least stabilize. They stop falling and, uh, and, and companies get some cash flow um, going. Then they start to pay off debt at five o'clock. And that's all happened. That's all happened over the last few years. So these mining companies have, have paid off their debt, their balance sheets look good. Then they take excess cash because they start to say, oh, oh my goodness, we don't have any you know, gold in five or six years unless we buy some assets here or, or, or find some more. So they start to do some cash takeovers and that's happened. That started to happen over the last few years. You get these cash takeovers of the, of the junior companies. And that's about where we are right now. We're about 6.30 as far as uh, gold and silver is concerned. We've been stuck there for a little while as we fight through this headwind of, uh, of, what, the Fed's, uh, of what the Fed's doing. But it's, we're actually in a, in a pretty good spot. Um, there's, companies are cashed up from what they, what they did back in uh, September 2020. Basically, there was a lot of uh, new issues down that time. There's lots of that money going to the ground. We're going to get some great discoveries. So uh, we're, we're in a good spot in the cycle right here. And any, any big downdraft should be, uh, should be bought when you're, in a, when you're in a bull market. Now, as far as gold and silver, we're at 6.30. As far as copper, we're probably still back at five, right? There hasn't been uh, all, these, um, all these raises of, uh, of, of money to, uh, to do new exploration, although the, gold, although the copper prices have done fine. All right. Well, I think that's one. I mean, that's reassuring to hear because, again, that's something you've had as your little proprietary model, I'd almost say, I don't know if anybody else has a mining clock like that. And it's reassuring to hear that uh, that's where you think we are. Let's move on to question number two, Bob. Um, there was a lot of bluster toward the end of last year about the net stable funding requirements of Basel III being enforced finally onto the LBMA. Um, the question is here, what do you think of that? Do you think, uh, you know, if we can lessen the involvement of some of the bullion banks do you think that would be beneficial? Yeah, I mean, you know, the, 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 I think we can say this about anything. The more the free market dictates prices, the better off we'll all be, whether that's interest rates or whatever the case is. And it seems like every asset uh, class in the world now is manipulated, either by a central bank or bullion banks or whatever the case is. So any anything that will cause the, the market to be less, less manipulated is obviously a good thing. Um, over time. I, I agree with that, no doubt. And we'll see if, as we go through this year, if those impacts are, are just kind of gradually felt uh, in that bullion banking business. We certainly can hope so. Uh, all right, Bob, let's move on to question number three. 
you as a portfolio manager helping your clients at Raymond James, um, you know, that that's dealing with a lot of people managing their net worth, that sort of thing. You've got your own money, as to, I'm sure, as well that you manage. And so this was a question just for you about uh, do you own physical metal? And if you do, um, what type of physical metal do you own? Sure. And I think, you know, what you said there is, is um, an advantage for me. I, I am a gold and silver bull. Obviously, I, I believe that that's going to be the place to be over the next few years. But also, you know, I manage high net worth people's money and I don't have all of it in gold and silver. So I'm a generalist, too. And I think that's a that's a big help because you kind of come at it from a different perspective. Yes, I do own um, silver and gold and some platinum. I own far more silver than I do gold right now. And, and the reason for that is not because I'm, I'm not positive on, on gold, but gold, of course, is the ultimate macro asset, right? People yep. that know the ins and outs of the gold market are probably some of the smartest people in the world from a macro perspective, because there's so many inputs involved there. But considering that we are in a bull market uh, for gold, silver, and, uh, and other, other precious metals, um, the first half of the bull market, generally speaking, silver tends to underperform, okay? Because it's thought of as a precious metal. As the economy starts picking up, you start to get the industrial component uh, demand for, for silver coming. And then as you get later on in the bull market, it, because it's such a small market, um, you start to get these more exponential rises in the silver price. So I, considering we're probably around halfway through the, through, the, through the bull market here right now, I think you know, over the next few years, silver will outperform gold for its, its industrial component, the fact that it's a smaller market. And if we look at the gold to silver ratio, it's about 76 right now, right? That actually reached 110 in March of 2020, which was just craziness. Right. Anyway, we're down about 76 right now. And I will probably start converting my silver into gold again down the road at uh, around 30 to 1, right? Um, you know, a lot of people, including Eric, says it's probably going to go back down to 8 to 1, um, which he could very possibly be correct on that. But I think at 30 to 1, I won't do it all in one shot, but I'll start converting my silver back into uh, back into gold. All right. Well, we're halfway done, Bob. We're rounding the curve and headed for home with question number four. So it's always fun talking to my Canadian friends uh, about gold reserves. I mean, here we can talk about your gold reserves and we can talk about my gold reserves, but your country no longer has any official gold reserves. So uh, what's up with that, Bob? Why'd they do that? And do you think they'll ever get back into holding physical gold? Well, it's interesting because central bankers are not known for being forward thinkers, right? They, they, they tend to be reactive. There's a political component, et cetera. Um, so it, it was the trend years ago for central banks, especially in developed countries, to get rid of their gold reserves and put all of their um, uh, reserves into financial assets. Now, I think this is all proven to be incorrect because a lot of countries not in the developed world, such as China, India, um, Russia, et cetera, are increasing their gold reserves dramatically. But Canada decided to kind of toe the line and, and sell off all of their gold reserves because um, they wanted to be seen to be believers in, in fiat currencies, right? So, I, yeah. you know, there's a, there was a quote when, when Canada was almost 
rid of all of its gold reserves that, um, you know, uh, a member of the Department of Finance said, and he said, the government has a longstanding policy of diversifying its portfolio by selling physical commodities such as gold and instead investing in financial assets that are easily tradable and have deep markets of buyers and sellers. Well, you know, we know that gold is a pretty deep market, so I think that's a bit of an excuse, but that was that's what they said. Canada doesn't have any gold reserves, which is pretty crazy because most of the gold mining companies in the world trade on the Canadian markets. And this is kind of the center for, for, for gold if you're, if you're thinking about that area. But anyway, Canada got rid of its gold reserves. They, they haven't bought any back. Um, they, they kind of got rid of the last of their gold reserves right at the bottom. So, you know, they, they, they timed the bottom when it was about 1050. Um, it's double that now, but Canada sits on, uh, sits on nothing as far as uh, gold reserves. Central banks, as I said, tend to be not forward thinkers. And I think, you know, we're seeing that right now with the Fed. They're going to be hiking rates into um, a slowing economy. But um, and, and we're going to see the implications of that down the road. But uh, that for, for now, that's where Canada sits. I've heard some people say, Bob, you know, it's OK. They've got a whole bunch of gold in the ground. Well, what are they going to do? Confiscate the mining companies? I mean, what? <laughs> exactly. Who knows? They did in the 1930s. They took everybody's gold in the U.S., right? Yeah, but, that's uh, right. That's right. But, uh, but, 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 but you're right. There's a lot of gold here in Canada, especially in the Golden Triangle. I mean, you've talked about that on, on some of the other shows and we have, and it's just absolutely incredible. Right here in British Columbia, we have the highest you know, gold reserves really, really in the world. It's crazy. It is remarkable. All right. Uh, question number five gets back to the challenges we've had lately. You know, typically uh, people think of gold and silver too as an inflation hedge. Uh, to me, I, I think we've kind of determined now that it's it, really it's more about the inflation component and what that means for real interest rates. But nonetheless, on, on just an inflationary level, we've had this huge surge of inflation, not only in the US, Canada, around the world, but yet gold and silver prices have not necessarily risen in response to that and that's what the fifth question is why is that do you think bob right that, that sounds fine and you know i just want to go back to the last question canada had a thousand tons of gold in the 1960s which is a massive amount of gold for a for a relatively small country so that the, the selling was pretty historic to go down to zero from there but yeah. anyway another another question there uh, as far as the as far as gold responding to um inflation right you know the, it used to be people in the world would look at the market, make decisions as to whether they bought or sold gold based upon um, kind of their expectations. It doesn't work that way in the world anymore. It's algos that are computers that work on special formulas. And what they look at is gold versus the real um, interest rate. And uh, the real interest rate is not what inflation is, but it's what inflation expectations are. And right now, um, expectations of uh, inflation haven't been going up that much, but interest rates have. So that, that real yield has been um, hurting the gold price. It's been a big headwind to the gold price. So again, it isn't what inflation is right now, what you read in the newspapers. It's what the market is expecting inflation to be down the road. Now, I think that's very, very important and why gold has been, has been hit here is because the Fed is backed completely into a corner, right? At least in 2015, 2018, they made a policy error. They could reverse course and reduce interest rates or, or become more dovish. But right now, they're in a declining um, economic environment, 
right? The rate of change of things is slowing and actually declining as far as the economy is concerned, but inflation continues to surge and that is a really bad spot to be in. So what they have to do is they have to manage the expectations of inflation. Because if you and I, Craig, expected inflation is going to be really bad in a couple of years, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go buy a bunch of stuff because, because we figure it's cheaper now than it's going to be a couple of years from now. And you know what that does? It causes inflation. So it's yeah. a self-fulfilling prophecy. So the Fed figures they have to, they have to stop people's expectations for inflation. So right now, inflation expectations are low um, for, for the future, not as high as what they are right now. Interest rates have been going up. So that's obviously hurting, uh, hurting gold. So it's a, it's a multiple input formula here, but that's the reason why gold is getting hit right now. And I think as soon as we start to see that maybe inflation moderates a little bit, which is counterintuitive, but if inflation moderates, then then, then uh, the, the people will figure the Fed won't be as hawkish and we'll see gold start to take off. And maybe get those inflation expectations a little more entrenched. Exactly. That's right. All right, Bob, we have passed the quarter pole. We are into deep stretch now and yeah. uh, headed to the finish line. So for my uh, sixth and final question for you, uh, we're going to get back to the shares. You mentioned the mining uh, clock and where we are. Uh, but even just so far in the first three or four weeks of this year, uh, up until the last couple of days, uh, gold had been higher and silver had been higher too, but the, a lot of the junior miners were not. Uh, kind of an anomaly just for three weeks, or is there something that will get them to maybe ex- exceed the pace of the rise later this year? Well, I, I think, you know, um, interesting enough, you've talked about this before, Craig, but uh, later on in the cycle is when the juniors start to do well because people become more entrenched in the idea that, that gold's going to continue in its bull market. And, and guess what else does better later in the cycle? Silver, right? So junior miners actually tend to do, tend to be a little more correlated with the, with the silver price um, as, uh, as, as the, uh, as the cycle uh, continues. But there's three reasons why gold stocks don't, uh, three possible reasons why gold stocks uh, don't do as well as the underlying gold price. Um, One of them is, the market is not focused on what gold represents and there's speculative bubbles in other areas of the market and that's dragging money into those sectors. And I think we've seen that obviously, uh, you know, gold had a, not a bad year last year. It was down 4%. It wasn't too bad, but the stocks just got hammered, right? Because everybody's interested in, in all the speculative areas of, 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 of the market, whether it was the MIM stocks or, or um, EV or whatever, whatever the case was. So that dragged money out of the sector. Um, another reason why gold stocks underperform is, is because the market expects the gold price to go down, right? So the market kind of looks through and says, uh, if gold price is 1800 now and we think gold price is going to be 1600 then the stocks aren't going to be very profitable. So we're not going to invest in the stocks. Now, I don't think that's the case right now. That isn't the reason, but it is one of the reasons why gold stocks don't outperform. And what we want to see at a bottom is we want to see the stock start to outperform gold, right? And, and that's the market looking through again, looking at higher gold prices. We aren't seeing that right now, but it, but in market bottoms um, in the past couple of years, we short-term market bottoms, we've, we've seen that. We've seen the gold stocks start to go up. So the new months of the world and the money starts to flow into those, even though the gold price is going down. So then we look for that. And the third thing is... Um, uh, the reason why the gold stocks might underperform the gold price is because the input costs of gold companies, whether they're energy costs or, 
uh, labor costs or whatever other input costs they have are going up a lot faster than the gold prices. So it's, it impinges on their profits. And we started to see that in 2010 and 2011 and gold stocks didn't actually do that great um, for that last six or eight months of the bull market. And I think that was the the, the market saying, well, the, these there's too much leverage in these gold companies and the profits are getting squeezed even though the gold price is going up. So those are the reasons. We might have a little bit of all those reasons right now, but we're looking for the gold stocks start to outperform um, and that, that'll tell us where to, where, to, where to bottom for the gold price. Yeah. Yet, you know, if anything, it's going to be a long, crazy year ahead, that's for sure. Yeah. Maybe not spend, you know, worry too much about how we're starting and worry more about how we're going to finish. Because um, right. I, I, as I keep telling people, it's going to be a really difficult, volatile, difficult year to uh, predict, that's for sure. Um, again, we've been speaking with Senior Portfolio Manager Bob Thompson. Uh, he's a Senior Portfolio Manager with Raymond James in Vancouver. And uh, like I said, old friend of Eric Sprott, old friend of all of us here at Sprott Money. So it's been great to visit with him. Just one last thing as you uh, as we wrap this up, uh, you know, it's been a challenging beginning of the year for the stock market as well. Tough in the cryptocurrencies too. What better time to maybe take a little bit of money off the table and move it into some physical metal? Sprott Money currently has a great selection of gold and silver products, including the new 2022 gold maples and some 2022 silver Britannias. You can go online at SprottMoney.com and order some. You want to talk to a human being and do that, you can do that too. 888-861-0775. Bob, thank you so much again for sharing all of this uh, accumulated wisdom and knowledge with us and uh, for spending some time here at Sprout Money. Always enjoy the conversations, Craig, and look forward to next time. I will look forward to next time as well. We'll look forward to visiting with you again with another Ask the Expert segment in February. Thanks for listening, everyone. 